Today we are speaking with Abdullah Arif, who is the founder of multiple technology projects that focus on the Arabic language, including fonts, language processors and dictionaries. He will tell us more about the Arabic tech scene and the opportunities with it. Thank you, Abdullah, for coming. Sure. Uh, we know each other for quite a while yeah. already. You're now a product development manager, correct? So can you explain us a little bit uh, what this means? What are you doing? Uh, we basically take ideas for projects and we do the conception and we take it through a business feasibility. Do all the required wireframing and product building to take it from, you know, idea into a market uh, deployable product. Nice. And, and these ideas that you come up with yourself or? The ideas don't necessarily have to come from anywhere. Like there's no dedicated place for ideas. So we come up with the ideas in-house okay. and we develop it in-house for the purpose of spinning off uh, companies. You've worked on quite a few projects that uh, evolve around the Arabic language, right? So I know you created your own font, your own dictionary and uh, also like a, a markdown editor for, just for Arabic, correct? Yeah. So g tell us a little bit about these projects. What, what made you focus on these? Most of these are from a need, for example, for the user-generated dictionary for colloquial Arabic. I mean, especially in a city like Dubai, you interact with a lot of Arab nationalities. So you have that sometimes these moments where someone is speaking with you and you don't quite get what they're saying. So I wanted to create like a resource for everybody to come in and find the meanings of all the spoken varieties of Arabic. Even within a certain country, you have multiple you know, dialects. So people contribute to this, right? So how many contributions do you have right now? Is it um, I'd say around uh, 3,000. Wow, okay. So what's the plan to do with this data? Because obviously you have a lot of like information. Is it something that's landing maybe exposed to other services? Because I get a lot of requests from researchers, from programmers. They want the data to create their own engines. For instance, some people want to create a translation engine from dialectical Arabic to classical Arabic. So you would type something in spoken Arabic and then you would get the standard Arabic. So some people request the data. Obviously, in, in terms of uh, one of the big topics right now is like bots. How does Arabic language work with them? Obviously, the other challenge is like having all these dialects and making the bot understand the language as such. So the thing with Arabic is that there's very little public knowledge about creating uh, workable solutions that deal with the language. There's a lot of research done, you know, by PhDs. It's just all hidden. No one has really used that research to create workable solutions. And is this because of the, the, the lack of demand? Three, four years ago, there was like a big hype. The media was talking a lot about it. It's a big opportunity to create this Arabic content. How do you see the, the kind of investments? Where do they go, especially from a technology standpoint? One of the reasons that there isn't a lot of Arabic content is because the tools are not adequate enough to produce Arabic. So I wanted to create something beautiful, something that makes it easier to, to type Arabic, something that makes Arabic a more usable language to deal with. Creating more, you know, better tools is something that should be focused on, something that people should invest in. So you're creating all these like new business ideas and new concepts. Are they mainly focusing around this or is it just general ideas that could work anywhere in the market? A lot of these are inspired by products and services that have already existed in the market and I've taken them and spun them into the Arabic and local counterpart. Okay. Would you say that there are certain instances that are specifically for Arabic? Do you see that potential? Definitely, because Arabic has different requirements than Latin. Arabic is written from right to left, so that presents a bunch of difficulties 
with the regular editors because they're not able to handle that kind of orientation of the text. Then we have typographical uh, needs. The Arabic font industry is still in its infancy. We still have a lot of uh, potential to create uh, you know, better tools for people to, to create Arabic content. Now this kind of like leads us to our um, next point, which yeah. is the font that you created. You created your own font, which is pretty impressive. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? While I was creating my Markdown editor, Katib, I wanted to use a fixed width font. So I looked around, there were very few. So I created my own because I felt like there's a, there aren't many, you know, it was a learning experience and I made it open source so other people can learn from it. You know, I'm not an expert in font making, but I feel like people should learn about this. So I'm creating these open source fonts so that people become more aware of the font making process. So tell me more about the difference between um, Arabic fonts and Latin fonts. What goes into it? What's the difference as such? A lot of people assume that text is just simple. Everyone uses it from, you know, every day, you know, we see it everywhere. The text is really complex. The difficulty is that Arabic is stored next to Latin in the input order, which is called the logical order. Arabic is also uh, has what's called cursive attachment. So each letter takes a shape depending on where it appears inside the word. So for each letter of the alphabet, you have probably three additional shapes, you know, the initial, the medial, the final, and the isolated. And then you have also the marks, the different ligatures, you know, contextual alternates, varied depending on what's before and what's after. Right. Would you like to show that maybe? Or? Uh, so let's say that we have a, a string in C, the programming language. And then we, we take the phrase that we spoke about earlier, like, my name is Abdullah. This is how the phrase would look like in computer memory. So now if you take this phrase and you take every letter and you display it as is, you would end up with this, which is unintelligible. Right now we have the logical ordering of the characters, which is left to right, but in reality it should be uh, displayed in a visual, visually correct way, which is from right to left. So what the shaping algorithm does is it takes this part and then it connects it. So for example, it notices that the ain is at the beginning of the word. So it selects the initial form and then looks at the ba and it selects the medial form. And then it looks at the dal and it selects the final form. And then it looks at the alif and it selects the isolated form. It looks at the lam and it selects the initial form. And then the other lam, it selects the medial form. And then the ha, it chooses the final form. And this represents uh, something special in fonts because this is the word for God, Allah in Arabic. And usually it's represented by a ligature, which is a combination of characters uh, that are designed in a way such that they appear as one individual character. So it flips it and then it connects all the letters together. Every single operating system and browser and so forth has this implemented at the low level. And this was, was super, super interesting. I think we've learned a lot. So it was a real pleasure having you uh, and we hope to see you again. We hope you liked this video and if you'd like to know more about the local tech scene, visit our blog at prototype.net and don't forget to subscribe to our channels.